Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a way too goddamn long, honestly. But welcome back to another episode of the Landing on Lansdowne podcast with your host, Christopher Rara and Evan Roach. All right. And we got a lot to talk to you about today. Uh, first of all, we're going to start with spring training. So, Devin, bring us a little bit through that. And who are we talking about? Castro? Is that who we're talking about? Yeah, so I'm on the Red Sox roster, active roster currently. And there's an outfielder named Alan Castro who was born in 2003. And I'm just very confused on who that is because he hasn't played above a ball. He's on the roster? On the active roster as of right now. So he's going to be in Fenway. Uh, well, you know, the roster still has, I don't think that the, they've like officialized the roster yet because it's still got a uh, Ryan Brazier on there oh. and Caleb Ort and all them, all the other great bullpen options they have. Uh, yes. Yes. The great bullpen options. The back end's good. The front end is just not good. You want to do, we, uh, should we start with the pitchers? Yes, let's do that. Let me pull up the roster. Well, I can start with uh, Chris Sale is healthy, and that's all I need. I don't care about the results. I just want him on the mound because when he's on the mound, him at 70% of what he is is better than 85% of the pitchers out there. Dude, I, I get that, but, like, why? Okay, do you think it's a big idea or big, like, problem that he's not the opening day starter? Not at all. I don't care about that. The rotation is going to get all screwed up in a week anyway. Because Boston Radio is going fucking ballistic because, oh, my God, Chris Sale, the person you spent so much money for, is not your opening day starter. Who cares? I mean, he's still going to throw against the Orioles. Right. That's what I was thinking. Like, who the hell cares? I mean, as, who cares as long as he stays healthy and as long as he's out there making starts? Who cares what days he throws? He could be, he could be the fifth star in rotation for all I care if that's how it lines up. Because what's going to happen is Whitlock's going to join the rotation, Paxton's going to join the rotation, and these guys are going to start coming back, and the rotation's going to be all messed up anyway, where it's not going to matter who started opening day. It's a, it's a, the only storyline they have. Yeah. The only storyline they had before that was that they uh, overpaid for uh, Yoshida, but obviously after the World Baseball Classic, that's not a storyline anymore. Yeah, and if he brings that to Boston, I... Whew. Oh, this bust, bust or burst lineup might actually burst. You know, um, I got a hot take. What is it? It's not going to be a drop-off offensively from last year. Because say Yoshida has a good year of what – say he performs on how we kind of expect him to perform based on mm-hmm. a the World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. Xander didn't hit any home runs last year. He's going to fill Xander's hole in the lineup. That's going to be the replacement for Xander. You got Justin Turner, who looks and just feels like a burst of energy in that lineup. And you're putting him in a more hitter-friendly park than Dodger Stadium. And, you know, Turner had a great spring other than, you know, getting hit in the face. But he looked good. His at-bats were good. And and you know what? He is tough as hell to come back. Dude, two weeks. Two weeks, right? Tough. Yeah, he's tough. I mean, I love JD Martinez, and I know backs can hurt, but you know JD can't play the outfield. He can't play this day because his back's backs aching. Justin Turner took a not mid upper nineties fastball off the face, and he's back in two weeks. Yeah, I mean, dude, he's a baller. 
He I really like Turner. I like the energy I, too. I really did not like that pickup at first. I mean, again, season hasn't started. We'll see later down the line. But like so far, like I like Turner. Me too. Instead of just doing pitching, should we just do the newcomers? Fucking why not? Yeah. I kind of just want I, I just want to talk about like the lineup in general, man. Cause like I'm on Sox prospects right now and it doesn't look too bad. You know, I like the lineup. You know, Duval. There's a stretch of spring training. Yeah. Did you did did it break up at all? No. I got a call. So, good. Okay. Anyway, we're good. So there is a stretch towards the end of uh spring training where Adam Duvall, I was just getting a notification every day on my phone, double home run, double home run. Dude was hitting for crazy power. And can his body hold up in center? That's we're gonna have to wait and see. That's a wait and see play. But you know. They're throwing Duvall in center. Yeah, but he's shown the flash of the bat where the pop is there, which we all yeah. knew it's there. He's now, but now he's shown it in a Red Sox uniform. I know it's spring training, but he's shown that he can do it. I mean, plus he's a World Series champion. He's an All Star. He even won a Gold Glove. I don't know what year he won a Gold Glove, but I mean, dude can play, and he's shown that he can. Exactly, and you know. You got Tristan Cassis, who had a great spring, and he's going to get a full year at the big league level. And I know everyone, his power is, he shows it in game, how much his power is. But the whole thing with him, if it's not a home run, it's not like he's striking out. He's going to spray the ball all all over the field. He's going to take his walks. He's not going to strike out. He's going to be a top of the order guy that just is set. He's going to set the tone for this lineup. Tristan Cassis and Yoshida are going to set the tone. No, I, I completely agree. And I also think that, like, past this last year, try to, like, I don't know. I don't think he did that well, like, adjusting, because it was kind of quick. He should have been up earlier. They should have gave him more time last year, I believe, in my opinion. But, like, the dude is a beast. I remember playing him in high school, and it was just, like, it, he's, he's, what, a year older than us? You're, like, your age or whatever? Yeah. And, bro, is it's like he's playing t-ball. It's like mm-hmm. he's playing a t-ball team in high school. And yeah. I haven't seen any athlete fucking more dominant since like Michael Jordan or some shit. So hopefully like his natural ability comes out and it just like takes off this year. I I, I hope, I hope that'll happen. The whole thing about Cassis last year that stood out to me, he was a little too patient at the plate because everyone was putting this big emphasis on he walks, he walks, he walks. And he was being too passive where you know it's a three and one count and he takes that fastball instead of just saying screw it letting it loose and just if i swing and miss i swing and miss who cares exactly but instead he took that and got himself into a three two count where this spring on those three oh three one counts two oh he was up there hacking doing damage all the time i love i love the way he plays the game too he's like he's not like I don't know. I feel like he's perfect for Boston because he's not like way too much. He's just a lovable, goofy guy. Exactly. He's not going to rub people the wrong way. Like fans already love him. There's like 5 million Twitter accounts. It's like Tristan Cass's fan page. And oh, he's yeah. not like a little like, I don't know, kind of a sourpuss. Because I, I remember watching Bobby D and like every time he'd get out, his head would be down. And it just looked like, dude, do you even want to be out there? But like Cass is always just smiling, always giddy and always like ready to go. I think a lot of that has to do with Cassis is extremely confident in himself 
and he knows he's good where Bobby D he struggled. And I think Bobby, I'm not saying this happened, but I'm thinking if he was asking himself, do I belong for yeah. Cassis? If he struggles, he's just going to be like, I know I'm good. And I know I could get out of this. Yeah, exactly. And you, I mean, you saw flashes near the end of last year. Yeah. And you know, that kind of, there's a point with Winkowski last year that Karabas makes all the time on his podcast where he talks about there's this instance where Winkowski got yanked and he had runners on. And when you, you uh, as a pitcher, when you get yanked and you have runners on, you're supposed to sit on the top step of your dugout and cheer on the pitcher that's coming in to clean up your mess. Sat down on a bench, didn't look at the game. You know, I think the Red Sox, I don't know why, if, if it was just two guys or if it was leadership in the clubhouse last year, all the guys that came up, uh, it was just like they were in two separate worlds, the young guys and the old guys, which I think the Red Sox have did a great effort of trying to blend those guys with a whole new veteran leadership group. Yeah, especially Kike stepping up too. You always yeah, see I mean, him talk to everyone. And I think having his buddy Justin Turner back is actually helping him big, a lot, big time. I agree. Because a lot in baseball is do you feel comfortable? I mean, yeah. you're can't perform if you're not comfortable and if you got guys like he and turner in the locker room keeping you loose and like you know you go over four and you don't have guys looking at you like dude you suck you have a guy coming up and say hey man let's go to the cage like yeah. i know last year trevor story struggled uh early on in the beginning oh my god and fenway had a field day with him yeah but you know he never said anything and he was grabbing guys and going down to the cage after the games he would go over four and then hit the cage for an extra hour after the game a guy like that in the locker room can change a whole organization around just of setting the setting the tone, standard. the tone, yeah. the standard of, Hey, if you're not doing good work to get out of it, not yeah. just get better. Yeah, exactly. And dude, we were talking about that even before we hit record. Like it's crazy how one player can do so well and so amazing in this one place. And you, it's the same player. You just give him the change of atmosphere and he could either accelerate or just decline completely. Exactly. Well, uh, do you listen to baseball's dead? I dude, I have not like, I've been so goddamn busy with the season so, so far. Yeah. So they made a great point about Javier Baez saying, you know, him, he feeds off the atmosphere that he plays in and, the atmosphere that he plays in dictates how well he does. You put him in a world baseball classic. He's going to be the best player on the field. You yeah. put him in Detroit on a losing team uh, in a ballpark that, or a team that like the future is not looking so bright right now. The performance is going to slack just because he, there's not no energy pushing him. He needs no. to feed off the fans. Yeah. <laughs> I liked him in New York, but he didn't really do too hot in New York. But, like, remember when everyone was, like, hyping up Detroit and they got, uh, oh, God, they got Erod and everyone's like, oh, Detroit this, Detroit that. And Erod just didn't show up for two months. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. You know, Red Sox might have dodged a bullet. There, You know, I think there's a deeper reason of why they didn't pursue him in free agency. Yeah. And I think it might have been something along those lines where, you know. They, I mean, we. Like, 
We got to look, we got to look through like the roster and people that left and see how many like bullets we dodged or like bullets we took. Cause obviously we took a massive one with Mookie Betts and we'll see if we took one with Bogarts, but like, I don't know, Erod and maybe JD, like who knows? Like Red Sox stats actually tweeted that out today. All the players who left last year, all their spring training stats. Seriously? We're to God, baseball stats, best account out there. All right. Let me basically the only guys that had good spring trainings was Jackie Bradley Jr. hit 379 and Francis. Wait, for who? He's with Blue Jays, right? No, he's with Kansas City. The fuck? And then Franchi Cordero hit 413 and he just signed with the Yankees. Franchi to the Yankees? Yeah. When did that happen? This morning. (laughs) Okay. Then Evoldi hit 235 ERA. Waka had a 397. Thad Ward, Strom, Austin Davis did good. Other than that, like. Who did the worst on that list? Tommy Pham hit 156. Christian Vasquez, 097. J.D. Martinez, 192. I know these are spring training stats, but it's yeah. just like a little indicator. Like, I was watching a Dodger game the other day. Like, this might have been two days ago. And um, there was a pitch that three years ago, J.D. Martinez, into the right center gap, crushes it, maybe goes over. He flared it over second base, broke his bat. And I'm like, wow. You know, like, he doesn't look comfortable or right. Like, I know he's an elite hitter, and I know, like, I'm not trying to knock the guy, but, you know, some it, I don't know if it's just age or something, but, you know, break, swapping him for Turner, more or less, that might have been the right move, and I know Bloom got some heat for, for that, but. It, we'll see how that one – I'm going to be excited to see how that one plays out, even though I love J.D., Florida yeah, boy too, so I'm very I'll, biased, but I'll I'll always be a JD fan. I mean, what he did for the Red Sox was unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, you see that tweet where uh the Red Sox offered Ben Tendy this offseason? Like 18 Yeah, so Carabas, I was listening to Carabas's podcast that came out this morning. Carabas dropped that. He like mentioned it and everyone else yeah. on the podcast was like, What are you talking about? He's like, Oh, I didn't tell anybody that. And he was like, and they're all like, No, what are you talking about? He's like, Oh yeah, they offered him like a three year deal. <laughs> Damn, dude! You know, he signs the biggest heat. contract with the White Sox. Yeah, like, dude, Han gets a lot of heat. I think there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes where he's like trying to make deals that like he comes close to, but he, I know they're the interest kings and yeah. all that stuff. I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for because no one wants. Yeah, people are gonna rip on him for having Caleb Ort and Ryan Brazier in the bullpen. Who cares? They're two guys that you're going DFA anyway when Paxton and Whitlock and Bayo come back. Yeah. But then you look at the bullpen, you got Jolie Rodriguez, Chris Martin, Kenley Jansen. And then when those starters come back, you put Tanner Houck in that bullpen. That's an elite bullpen. That's one of the better ones in baseball. And that was a question mark for them last year. And he addressed that question mark. I think the Red Sox probably have the most underrated bullpen because it's always, it's been notoriously bad for Pat past couple of years. Exactly. But when everyone's healthy and everyone's in there playing oh, like they should. Yeah. Schreiber, he had a shaky spring, but uh his last outing, he looks great. Yeah. His last outing, he looked like he was ready. I mean, dude, spring is really just for the bubble guys to make a roster. That and really just is. for hitters, just for everyone to get back in the motion of playing live games. Yeah. 
see Zach Kelly made the roster. Really? I, dude, I like him. He's got good stuff. Throws hard, I, throws strikes. Yeah, how do you do last year? Let's see. Just under four ERA. He follows games. us on Twitter, too. Just throwing that out there. Oh, yeah, he does follow us on Twitter. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, this spring but... training, he hit a 270 ERA. Huh. Well, I think he's going to be one of those guys that gets sent down when – um. Well, he's got options, but I, I get rid of Frazier and Ort before I get rid of – before I option Kelly. Kelly has like... options so he can go up and down, but yeah. I don't think – I think he's like third or fourth guys to come out of that bullpen. Yeah. Hey, who did we – who do we trade for Richard Bleer? Matt Barnes. Oh, right, 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 yeah. I think Blyer's a nice fit. I mean, he's just going to be a lefty that's just going to get crazy ground balls. But the problem yeah. is the Red Sox don't really have another lefty. Because Rod, Jolie, Rod, Rod, Jolie got hurt. The other lefty was Ryan Sheriff, but he posted a picture at home in New Jersey so he didn't make the roster. Yeah. And then Chris Martin and Brian Walt Brandon Walter, they're not they're not gonna rush them. They're too high on them to rush them. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's a waiver claim for a lefty. Maybe Paxton goes to the bullpen. I can't see that happening, but that's just a maybe. No, I <sighs> no, I think I think Paxton's too. To enter deep in his career to go in the bullpen. I feel like he's pissed off. Me too. I agree. Um, I just don't know any of like their 40 man roster. Yeah, you have no other lefties except for Walter and Murphy, who they're not gonna they're not gonna rush them. Yeah. I don't know. I think they try to put together a trade. Maybe they package Duran and Dowback for a low-level lefty reliever just to get him through. You think Duran and Dalback are just dead weight by this time? The whole thing is they have so much upside where a team that's not competing might take a flyer on. Like, for example, the Oakland A's, they just traded Christian Pache to the Phillies, so now they have an open center field spot. That's Jaron Duran. What 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 do they have to lose by adding Dow back to their roster? He's getting paid league minimum. He has like, major league experience. Yeah. And maybe the change of scenery. I feel it. Well, like Dow back in 2020 went crazy. Exactly. It's they need a change of scenery. Yeah. I think you're right there. Or like a team like the A's or the Nationals or I not so much the Nationals. They have a yeah, shout out the Ice Horse, dude. He's on the Nationals now. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that. Oh, funny story. So I went to go see one of my players of uh, the Nationals when they were playing the Mets. Yeah. And we were kind of sitting close to the Nationals dugout. And um, someone yelled at Michael Chavis, hey, man, I love your hair. He turned around and said, thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. Middle of the game. He's on deck. Just That's turned around. awesome. And I'm that like, is so awesome. I'm like, I really like this guy. Oh, like, dude, he's a class act. Like, I've loved him. Like, it's not since. even that. Just like acknowledging fans goes such a long way like something like i don't know if you saw with sergio romo he did the one day contract thing with the giants yesterday yeah and he he showed that every kid that he signed the ball for he would ask them to sign his hat and he showed a picture of the hat 
every one of every single one of those kids will remember that the rest of their lives. Oh yeah. And he will be their favorite player no matter what for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Remember I always had a Red Sox game when I was little. Coco Crisp threw me a ball. I love Coco Crisp ever since then. <laughs> I mean, I'll I'll never forget that. That's something that sticks with you, you know? Dude, I remember I was at a Marlins game and I was yelling at Dietrich, Derek Dietrich the entire time. Dietrich, your arms are huge. I love your arms. Like saying like <laughs> absurd shit like that. And then we went up to get like a jersey or whatever. Yeah. And then Dietrich came to our section and like was looking for me. He was like, yo, who's the guy talking about my biceps or whatever? And he was going to sign like my jersey, but I wasn't there. But like oh, for now on, like I'll always be a Derek Dietrich fan. That is that so dude is funny. hilarious. And like seeing his personality on social media too helps a shit ton. Yeah. Like, stuff sure. that he did with momentum for that little oh, bit yeah. of time. It was so much fun to watch. Breaking a deals in place between minor league baseball players in the in the MLBPA and Major League Baseball in a historic first collective bargaining agreement for minor leaguers. So complex league will now be paid for at four thousand eight hundred to nineteen thousand eight hundred a year. Low A will be eleven thousand to twenty six thousand. High A eleven thousand to twenty seven thousand. Double A thirteen thousand eight hundred to thirty thousand. Triple A will be seventeen thousand five hundred to thirty five thousand eight hundred. Damn. P- players will be paid almost year round, aside from a six break week in winter. That six break week is weird, but hey, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that need my night. So, like, does everyone get a pay raise now? Yeah. oh my god there's no way can we say can we can we be like yo you're about to be a millionaire not me so it's not in any because this wasn't happening so we don't have anything in our contracts that would you know but Mm -hmm. any guy that i get for now on but it hasn't been signed yet so yeah that'll probably take effect in like three years from now it'll probably be for next year probably They'll probably do the pay for this year and then they'll get everything else next year. Dude, that is lit. For real. I'm still delusional and I can't wait to be 30 in the minor leagues. Like my boy Ryan Fitzgerald, dude. On the 26th, Nate Tellier got assigned to the Boston Red Sox. Did he pitch in a big league game? No. He was on Team Puerto Rico, and then he got assigned to the Boston Red Sox on the 26th. Great guy. That interview Great was fun. Guy. Solid, solid dude. Fan of the show. Yeah. Love Friend him. Of show. <laughs> Friend of the show. Love Nate Tellier. We are big Nate Tellier fans. Exactly. Dude, uh, seriously, what is good with Ryan Fitzgerald? Like, uh, why isn't he, like, doing anything? Why is he still in AAA? Because he his he profiles so well as a depth option because he's the type of dude that you bring up when your backup gets hurt. Not yeah. for any reason other than that he can play every position, but he can play every position at an average to below average level. It's not like he's a stud defender at one spot. Yeah. Like if he was an unreal shortstop, crazy, crazy hands, you know, he's up. probably yeah. making the big league roster. But, you know, yeah. you change. Plays pretty damn good defense at all the at all the 
infield position. So they're going to, he's going to be the backup, you know? Yeah. Okay. Where did he come from? He was with him last year at the he end. He was? Yeah. How long has he been like on the Red Sox? They got him in like September or something like that. He's a okay. good fit. He's a good fit. He was in they, Tampa. He, he's a he's a Bloom guy. He was yeah. in Tampa. He's a good fit because the Red Sox lineup is so lefty orientated that they need the righty off the bench. Yeah, dude. Speaking of like uh, minor leaguers that I didn't know that are really good that shouldn't be minor leaguers. Actually, this has nothing to do with it. What am I talking about? Anyway. How about Jorge Alfaro versus Ryan Tapia? Like that little battle that was kind of going on near the end. They're both mashing in spring. Alfaro sucks behind the plate. Is that it? He's unplayable back there. Seriously. Yeah. Like he's got a great arm and a great pop time, but he doesn't throw anybody out. Can't receive. He can't block. Like. There was a game where he was running to the backstop every, like, I don't know, 10th pitch. Not because the pitchers are making egregious pitches. It's like they spiked a curveball. Okay, block it. Like, I know it's harder. I was a catcher. I know it's harder than it sounds, but, like, you're a big league catcher, my guy. You're a big league catcher getting paid a shit ton of money. Exactly, you know? Yeah. And then you got – and then the other option behind the plate is Connor Wong, who all the pitchers love. Nate Voldy made it a point that he's only going to throw it to him. Rich Hill, on record multiple times, has said, like, Connor Wong has the potential to become the captain of that team. Wow. I'm really high on Connor Wong just for his leadership abilities behind. I, I know it's something super small and stupid. When he catches, watch the tempo of the game change. You know, Reese McGuire does a great job of this, too. The tempo of the game gets quicker when they're behind the plate but not a sped up quicker. It's that an engaged quicker where everyone's so engaged and he's such a leader back there. And it's, it might be something as stupid as when a lefty's up, he goes out in front of the plate and tells the pitcher, Hey man, make sure you get over. It might be something stupid and little as that, but Connor Wong and Reese McGuire do a great job of just taking command and being in charge of the whole field when they're back there. Yeah. And I mean, that's what you need behind there. Exactly. It's a different vibe. Like, like Vas- I feel like Vasquez did a good job with that. I mean, you obviously know a lot more of catching. Than so that. Vasquez was a great field general back there. He did yeah. a great job of, you know, you bust your ass out there. I'm, I'm in charge. I'm the catcher, and I'm in charge. Great job of that. I think that's an intangible that where, you know, he might not have been the best receiver, but you live with it because of that leadership ability and command – he wasn't when he threw down a sign. He was a hundred percent in on that sign, even if it was the wrong call. He was a hundred percent sure in that call, even if it was the wrong one. But he wasn't. He was instilling confidence in the pitchers by the way he commanded them. Because think about it: if you throw down a sign like "Oh shit, I guess two, the pitchers gonna be like, "Oh shit, he's not sure. Should I throw this or should I throw something else?" If he goes two, no, like I want this. Fuck it, he really wants it. There's a reason why he wants it. Yeah. You know, like it's just stupid little things like that that translate so much. Yeah. Sweet. You got <laughs> anything else? <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm kind of looking at the Woo Sox team. Trying to think of like anyone that Nothing. like stands out a lot. 
Well, you're Abreu, Emmanuel Valdez, but that's really. What else? Like, is there any more standout things that we need to talk about? No, I mean, spring training. I mean, Cutter Crawford was great, by the way. He I made Cutter the, Crawford. Yeah, Cutter Crawford's great. He's a roll rev. If he's a guy, if he shows the blueprint of what Heim Bloom's like team can do with pitchers, that's an excellent poster boy 100%. because he can be a starter. Because he kind of came out of nowhere. He could be a starter, he could be a long reliever, he could be a one two inning guy. He is so adaptable in so many different roles where he can do. Yeah. It's not like, you know, he's got a starter profile. You put him in a bullpen, it might not work. Or, you know, he's better in the bullpen than in the rotation. Wherever you put him, the kid's going to exceed. Yeah. I really like Cutter Crawford. No, I love Cutter Crawford too. I'm trying to find out. Oh, I just found it. I was trying to find out where Nate Tellier was at, but he's in the Fort Myers complex right now. Yeah, he, he'll probably be in complex for a little bit. Yeah, out there. Oh, at Alberto Mondesi. I forgot he's on the team just because he's, he's a – there's a rumor that they're going to place him on a 60 day. I really haven't heard a thing about him. Oh, no, it's on 60. I'm sorry. He's already said 60. Yeah. Okay. So then that was the roster move for Tapia. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, do you think he'll be like serviceable when he gets back? Uh, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I feel like he's more of a wild card with super high upside rather than it's a super high upside, low floor type guy where, you know, he could be really good, but the floor is also like he's hitting 220. Way one down, get a guy on. Yeah, like. exactly. We'll I mean, see. Spring training's tomorrow, or not spring training, opening day's tomorrow. Opening day is tomorrow. I'm going to the game Sunday or Are Monday. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll definitely do an episode after that. So, yeah. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. This is Landing on Lansdown, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yes. Thank you.